Hello, I am Joe, your host of the True North Nutrition Podcast. And today we are gonna go over a very important topic, which is setting your exact macros. So grab yourself a pen, grab yourself a piece of paper, and start taking some notes on exactly what's gonna take you to that next level of performance and making sure that you're also seeing everything come into the picture for your own body composition. Really great episode ahead. Without further ado, let's dive in. So we're gonna start by talking about your total daily energy expenditure, which is an important number that gives you an idea of how many calories you are burning throughout a day. And that's gonna be based off of your activity and your job and how many times you're training a week. So there's kind of a couple different divisions. So the first thing that I want you to think about is how many times a week you work out. That is normally gonna be, we should be at least at three and then somewhere into the five to six range. So you're gonna be three to four, four to five, or five to six. Those are sort of the tiers in terms of activity. And then you also have steps. So if you are below 6,000 steps a day, uh, that's something that I would consider on the sedentary side of lifestyle. And then six to 8,000 is gonna be more, it's gonna be just like light activity. And then like normal to higher activity is gonna be eight to 10,000 steps a day, but that is going to depend on how many times a week you work out. and and then there's high activity, which is, okay, you're gonna work out probably four to five times a week and you're also above 10,000 steps a day. And that's gonna be someone with like an active career. Uh, maybe you work in construction or you work in a restaurant, you're really busy running around and you're, you're moving a lot during the day. So those are some of the different like tiers to understand your activity. And that's gonna be important when you use a macro calculator online because they're gonna, calculate your basal metabolic rate, which is gonna be a lot of, dependent on just like your strict biometrics, how old you are, uh, male, female, in your height. Uh, and then they're gonna take into account your activity. And then from that, it spits out a calculation. I probably missed a couple of things in there, there but the really good calculators out there, like Precision Nutrition, does a really cool like thorough quiz, basically, to get you an understanding of what you should be eating for your goal. Now today I'm gonna to speak most specifically on getting your maintenance maintenance amount of calories and macros and hitting them super accurately. Because at the end of the day, no fat loss, no performance goal, um, none of those goals really matter if you can't do maintenance the right way. Now that's not to say that um, you can't do it based off of habits, but what I've found is my clients are most successful, all the people that I've ever worked with are most successful on using macros, manipulating them per their goal, but always starting with that period of maintenance. So I'm gonna talk specifically about that today, and please, anytime you have questions on this, I wanna hear from you and what your specific questions are. Because a lot of times what happens is, uh, I hear people, a lot of the people that I work with have done, I'm doing air quotes, done macros before, and they're not seeing success, or they're doing macros now, and it's not working. And there's a lot of things, a lot of factors that go into that, and why it's actually not working for you when you're doing that. And the last thing that I want you to have to go through is that you're, again, quote unquote, doing macros and not seeing results. Because that means you're putting in all the effort and getting none of the results. And that's so frustrating and I've been there. And now after six years of CrossFit and five years of hardcore tracking, nutrition, 
goals of performance, being in the top 1% of CrossFitters in the world, and then also going into fat loss phases, going away from CrossFit, and really just spending some time in these different modalities. I've really discovered that this way that I'm gonna share today, this method, is something that will work for you as long as you can apply uh, this macro lifestyle, right? And I keep it as simple as possible. So without further ado, let's dive into the actual calculations that we're gonna do today. So like I said, we're gonna be focused primarily on the maintenance level here. Again, we always wanna work through maintenance with goals. So as an example, as most of you listening to this are gonna be in the CrossFit space or perform performance bodybuilding. Basically, you're focused on getting your best performance in the gym, but also being the most jacked looking dude at the barbecue or uh, the best looking chicken in a bikini uh, when you're hanging out with your friends or maybe you get together for a reunion. You wanna, you wanna own that presence that you have and part of that is your performance and part of that is obviously how your body looks, how you look naked. It comes down to that simple. So uh, we're figuring that out based off of uh, those main categories. So like CrossFitter, functional fitness, performance, bodybuilding, somewhere in that somewhat performance space and somewhat body composition. And the best way to go about this is really to spend time going after one at a time specifically, but there is a way for us to at least maximize what we're doing with the macros so that you can perform pretty well, but look your best. So without, uh, you know, without further ado on that, let's just dive into what it, what it looks like for you as a, uh, you know, CrossFitter functional athlete. And you're going to use a multiplier so you can figure out your calories easily online. Precision nutrition calculator, tdee.net, uh, calculator.net. All of those are all like fine resources for you to use. But either way, you're gonna you want to end up with a total calorie expenditure. Okay, from there is where we derive all of the macro targets. Now, if you don't use one of those calculators, you can use a super simple equation based off of your body weight, and we're gonna use the range 13 to 15. That's where most of you are gonna fall if you're pretty active, working out four to five times a week, you know, getting about that 8,000 steps a day. Uh, then you're gonna fall into this 13 to 15 multiplier range. So ladies um, or less active people, you're gonna start off in that 13, just, uh, and then 14 would be somewhere in the middle, 15 is gonna be you know more active individuals and or males. So it's always gonna be, whenever you see those ranges, uh, females are gonna be on the lower side of that, males are gonna be on the higher side or activity-based. So we're gonna use that multiplier. The example I'm gonna to use today is a 200-pound uh, male CrossFitter who works out five times a week. It just works out really well with the math, but again, all numbers are are arbitrary. You use your ideal body weight if you're overweight or you're gonna use your body weight. And this is gonna figure out your maintenance calories and your macros, and from there, everything else you can adjust, okay? If you're going to a calorie surplus or a deficit, and I'll kinda go over some of the guidelines, but again, this is mainly about maintenance. So using that 200 pound CrossFitter, uh, 200 pound male CrossFitter, we're gonna figure out protein first. That's our priority macro. It's gonna be the most important one. And honestly, a lot of you are gonna be able to get away with literally just tracking protein and calories for most of the time. Tracking fats and carbs is definitely more helpful for a specific body composition. And to be honest, when you're, when you're 
in more high intensity modalities like CrossFit, you want to make sure you're getting enough carbs. And really that's the big difference, but some of you are going to prefer to eat fats. Some of you are going to prefer to eat carbs. And so you can, you can lean towards that preference for this specifically. We're going to go all three macros starting with protein. And that's going to be one gram per pound of body weight. That's the best way, easiest way. So using our 200 pound CrossFitter, he's going to eat 200 grams of protein every day. Then, the next thing you're gonna figure out is fats. Because protein is an essential macronutrient and fats is an essential macronutrient, which means you need both of them to survive, whereas carbs, you actually do not. But that said, they're pretty um, you know, informally essential to CrossFit. So with fats, we're gonna multiply 0.3 to 0.4 grams per pound of body weight. This depends on the season, and ladies, I just want to uh, throw this out there that I want you to get a minimum of 50 grams and that is body weight dependent but basically if you're over 120 pounds um, and, and you're not overweight we want to get to that 50 grams because it's more than likely going to be what you need to actually you know support the the cellular environment of your body make sure that metabolism is um, all all taken care of in terms of cellular function hormone function so we're looking at at least 50 grams minimum you can press the fats lower in uh, like in higher performance season, but in this example, I'm going to use 0.3 grams per pound. Okay, so this is going to be a pretty low carb or excuse me, low fat uh, macro prescription and pretty high carb, but that works out. It lends itself really well to high intensity modalities. And as long as you're using those carbs the right way, you're going to be able to crush it. So in this example, we have 200 grams of protein and now 0.3 grams per pound is gonna give us 60 grams of fat. So from there, now we have the bulk of the calories and um, actually don't remember if I said it before, but using that 200 pound male CrossFitter, we're gonna use a multiplier of 15. So he's at 3000 calories. Okay, so if you haven't done that, that's actually step one. I think I kind of glazed over that, but it's gonna be step one. So make sure that you're finding out that total calorie intake first. It really doesn't matter up until this point anyway, but using 3000, now we're gonna figure out how many calories are remaining and then figure out how many carbs go into those calories. So if you don't know, protein and carbs both carry four calories per gram. So every gram of protein that you eat is gonna have four calories per gram. Then fats have nine calories per gram. So they're more calorie dense per gram. And that's all you really need to understand about it. Um, <laughs> just side note, this is why uh, we kind of hit that low fat um, push in like the 90s, I wanna say 80s, 90s. It was such a high, or it was such a like powerful push because there's more calories in fat uh, and it's more calorie dense. And so people were just thinking, hey, if I just cut fats, cool, like then I'll be eating less calories. It kind of goes into any of those like dogmatic mindsets of like different diets. It's like when you just cut something out that you're automatically gonna see some results if you just cut the food. But uh, as, as you learn from my content, from this episode, from all my other uh, shows, we wanna make sure that we're getting quality foods in there and there's gonna be some sort of balance. So um, getting back on topic, we're gonna to do a little bit of math here. So again, writing this out as needed, 
your 200 grams of protein is gonna account for 800 grams, or excuse me, 800 calories. Then you have 60 grams of fat, so 60 times nine is gonna get you 540 calories. So you're gonna add those two together, and you're gonna end up with 1340. Now the difference, you wanna find the difference between those calories and the total calories to get what's remaining. So that's gonna be, um, I just did on my calculator as 1340 is your total calories between protein and fats, subtracted 3000, which is the total amount of calories that uh, this 200 pound male athlete is gonna be getting. And then we have 1660 remaining. And we're gonna divide that by four to get 415 grams of carbs. You might be listening to me like, holy shit, that's kind of a lot of crap, uh, kind of a lot of carbs. And it is. And in a competitive and performance-based season, that's it's going to be what that athlete needs. So again, just understand that this is going to change and vary by athlete and why it's important to, like, you can do all of your own calculations. I, I don't... I don't lend out calculations because it's always going to depend on where are you coming from, what's your diet history, what's your goal, what, what about vacations in the next year, what about performance in the open, what about a competition. All these things go into this exact calculation, but I want you to have the tool set to at least figure that out. So now that we have this all figured out, we have a 200-pound male CrossFitter who is working out five times a week and getting about about 8,000 steps a day, and he is eating 200 grams of carbs, 60 grams of fat, and 415 grams of carbs. The one thing, kind of like I said with the fats, in terms of a minimum, ladies, I'm looking at most of the time a minimum of 150 grams. And the reason I say ladies is just because as you're doing this equation, most guys aren't gonna hit that low, um, but also, we want to make sure that you're getting enough carb supports to uh, you know, facilitate good digestion, uh, proper hormonal function, in addition to period health. Okay, These carbohydrates are super, super important for that, and especially in the, the realm of performance if you want to have any uh, you know, grasp on performance in the gym. So a minimum of 150 grams, and that's going to be most of the time. Remember, today's episode is mostly about maintenance calories. There's going to be some... you know. Uh, specific circumstances where you may drop below that for a very temporary period. But otherwise, uh, it's pretty straightforward there in, in calculating those macros. That is the hard part, guys, okay? We just did the hard part. It wasn't really that hard. That's why I say that, okay? That's how you can calculate them. You can have it spit out for you uh, on those different websites. But, uh, you know, just as like my personal story, I've done a perform precision nutrition and used the the macro set out, but it does end up spitting out a pretty high protein number for me. And I love protein and I'm actually eating a shitload of protein right now being in like the final week of my deficit, but it's not, it doesn't lend itself super well to performance when you want to be getting enough carbs for recovery and enough fats just to, to satisfy that cellular and hormonal function. So keep that in mind as you're figuring this out that everything is gonna be a little bit different. And whatever you get for protein, it should be within the range of 0.8 to 1.2 grams per pound. And that's why one gram per pound is just super easy to go to. So you have your macros, time to just go and you're gonna see success, right? Probably not. You need to have some strategy around this. And this is why having a coach, even just for six months of your life, 
like if you can dedicate one year to getting coached on macros and go through some of the phases, you will infinitely become a better athlete and uh, intuitive with your nutrition. And I say intuitive with the the literally like I cannot stand a lot of the content that's going out on intuitive eating because I really love my metrics. I, I personally lean on them a lot, but I enjoy it. Okay, so I'm not saying that you can't. I, I do have clients too that we we train into intuitive eating, but it's always after a period of metric-based nutrition. Metric-based just being like, hey, we're tracking macros for some of this, and then maybe going to protein and calories, and then more of an intuitive eating style. Now, that said, you can always combine them, but this show is about how you're going to hit your macros now that you have them set. So. We've got a list of tips here for you. Again, keep that pen and paper handy because you're gonna wanna listen to these tips. First, number one and most important thing, if you wanna see success with nutrition, pre-log your meals. I'm telling you, download the Chronometer app. That's what I use, C-R-O-N-O-M-E-T-E-R, Chronometer. It's it's the best tracking app that's out there. Um, I'm. I've, I've used MyFitnessPal, I've used Chronometer, I've messed around on some of the other apps, but it's just the most inclusive with database and it's the most accurate. So pre-log, you can actually set up your meals inside of there. And it's cool because even like my, my clients get like a free upgrade to the gold subscription because I'm like they're into Chronometer as my client. So it's, that's a pretty cool benefit of it. Um, and working with me is I can actually get inside of your log and look at it, but also, like when you're in there, just set up your meals. Like for me, I have six meals set up in there. Most days I eat four, some days I eat five, and then every once in a while I'll get six. So that's why I like to have those divisions, but pre-log your meal and keep it organized. So it's not just a massive list of foods. I know you can do that in MyFitnessPal too, but I'm telling you, Chronometer is the best. I'm gonna keep <laughs> coaching you in this podcast through the Chronometer things, because I believe that not only do they have a great mission, but it's just the best app for anyone learning to accurately track macros and micros eventually. Okay, second tip, hit your protein first. This is like literally just a branch off of that pre-log. Log your proteins first in your day. So take this 200 pound male CrossFitter for example. He's gonna log at least 180 to 190 grams of protein through purely protein sources. Because throughout the rest of the day, he's gonna get protein from vegetables, from carbs. So like even in this situation, because he's so high carb, I'd probably just say, hey, log 180 grams of protein before you do any other stuff. And then you know your rice, your potatoes, your veggies, your oats, all that stuff is gonna help you get to 200 grams of protein. And if you're done logging the entire day, then you can always just go back and adjust. So in that pre-log, I always suggest you're pre-logging your food. If you're newer to, to tracking, pre-log your food the day before, especially on the weekends, okay? It's gonna help you in accountability and making less decisions. That's ultimately what's gonna be best. And then you, uh, from there you can always adjust. So pre-log and then adjust. As you get better at this, you can start taking one meal at a time and just making sure that you're logging ahead of time. So right before you eat that meal. All right, number three, single source macros. This is gonna be understanding where you're getting your macros from. So single source macros help you when you're like, let's say you're at the end of the day and you just have like 30 grams of carbs left. 
okay, what do you eat that's like just carbs? So one, if that happens to you and you don't eat them because you're not hungry or you, you're just not sure what to do, hey, that's fine. Next day, plan a little bit better, make your carb portions a little bit bigger or add, add a serving of fruit or a serving and a half. I think it'll be about a serving and a half of fruit and you're gonna hit that carb target no problem. Okay, that's one of the first ones that usually happens is carbs because we're so used to carb, again, air quotes, carb sources being like potato chips or donuts. And honestly, those are just super high fat sources. Uh, they do have some carbs, but when you get those single source macros, they really help you hit your targets. And so that's why uh, this works perfectly with number four. Um, before I move on, to number four, the single source macros, you wanna have things that are purely protein, purely carbs, and purely fats, as close as you can get, okay? Using whole foods, you're always gonna get a little bit of trace macros, so as best as you can get single source macros uh, to help you hit those. So this goes right into number four, prep your food. I'm a huge fan of the dynamic duos to start. Personally, I prep about three to four of each each week, but to get started, you need to start with two of everything. What is everything? You need two proteins, you need two veggies, two carbs, and two fats prepped for the week. And you wanna prep them all separately because then you can mix and match throughout the week. If you're like, hey, I don't wanna make any decisions, you can make pre-made containers. Maybe you just wanna mix and match there before you even put them into the fridge. But this is a really easy way to keep things, keep a decent amount of variety throughout your week and also just having it accessible. So two is like the bare minimum, three is gonna be better, and even four can be better. What you need to understand about prepped food is that prepped literally just means that it's accessible and ready to go. Do you need to prep scrambled eggs? No, you really don't. But you need to have the eggs in your house, and you need to have you know all the things that you need, just whether it's oil, cooking oil, or butter, uh, you know the things that you need to have that food ready. So understand that that's how it works with food prep. And if you keep it bulk prepped, which is like not putting them all into individual containers, then you can mix and match throughout the week. So there's kind of pros and cons. It takes more time to like measure each one out and then uh, to, to like keep those meals all together throughout the week, but there's less decisions to make throughout the week. So that's a, that's a pro. If you're super busy, you might wanna do that. The con is that um, it's a little bit harder to fit flexible, flexible foods in there. So let's say, you know, like Thursday morning, you're running late for work, you skip breakfast and you have a bagel and whatever. Then it's kind of hard to adjust the rest of the day if you only have prepped meals. So again, that's why this whole flexible dieting approach is super helpful. All right, number five, rotate your foods. Really, really simple. Like, Let's just use protein examples and you're still prepping two of those proteins. Let's say week one, you do uh, chicken breast and salmon and week two, you do like lean ground beef and cod, right? It's that simple. Rotate your foods, especially your veggies and rotate your spices. Those, those things are all gonna help you just enjoy the variety of foods and stay like adhere to your diet because you're actually liking what you eat, which not oddly enough, not ironic is number six is eat food you like. If you don't like chicken breasts, welcome to like the rest of the world. There are so many people that I've 
ask to, um, or then I start working with them and say, okay, we got to eat more protein. And the first thing I think of is I can't eat any more chicken breast that I'm already eating. And that's just a sort of a fallacy that we fall into is that you need to only eat chicken breast for your protein. So eat food you like, ground bison, sirloin, salmon, cod, like all these different sources of protein are going to be super yummy sources and keep you on track and, you know, just loving what you're doing. This goes right into number seven, which is 80 to 90% of your food should be whole foods. It means they don't come in a box or a bag. They're unprocessed. They probably don't have a nutrition label on them because those are going to be the best sources. So 80 to 90% whole food sources. It does not mean you have to go shop at Whole Foods Market. Even though they have a bomb ass selection, you can still get it. Like I, I personally, I, I go to Costco a lot. I go to Aldi a lot if you don't know what that is. And you probably didn't grow up in the Midwest, but there's actually one right down the road from our place here in Arizona. It was the first one in Arizona, but there's plenty of whole food options there. All right, number eight, we're kind of putting things together now. So your food prep, like I shared earlier, was having protein, veggies, carbs, and fats all prepared. We'll include fruits in there because uh, you know that, that's important to have, but you're not really going to have to do a whole lot in terms of prepping that. So again, prep there is more just like make sure it's in the house. So the plate building method that I prescribe to all of my clients and anyone who's looking to just make swift changes with their nutrition and start feeling better energy is using this plate building method. It's four steps, four step easy meal prep. And you start with number one, get your protein on your plate. It's going to take up about a quarter of your plate, maybe a third if you're, um, you know, a bigger athlete somewhere in the like 175 to 225 pound range. Uh, it's going to be, it's going to look a little bit different on your plate, but start by putting your protein on there. Second veggies. This is going to be about one third to one half of your plate. And then number three is going to be your carbs. Again, this is essential, especially for CrossFitters to make sure you're getting enough carbs and it's a super easy way to build your meals. So that's going to be like the remainder of your plate. Then number four is fats or fruit. And you're going to add those as needed. So if you have a fattier protein like salmon or maybe you have a fattier cut of beef or uh, anything like that, you don't really need to add fats there. You may need to add fruits to get you to the carb intake that you need to for that meal. Otherwise, fats could be a little bit of added uh, grass-fed butter. It could be adding a little bit of coconut oil to your sweet potato. It could be uh, you know, something a little bit more along the line of dressing. So those are different ways that you can add in fats and fruits as needed. So again, you always want to build your plate in that way so that you're taking care of your priorities. Protein, veggies, carbs, then fat or fruit. Number nine, this is going to be more of a like, like a bigger bird's eye view structure, and that's going to be having the same meal times each day and each weekend. So the way that I organize this is if you can, eat at the same time every day, every week. So if you eat breakfast at 8 a.m. and then a second meal at 11 a.m. and then like a lunch at 2 p.m. and then dinner at 6 p.m., you try to do that every single day of the week. Cool. Your body is going to read digestion better because it's in a rhythm. It's literally your circadian rhythm according to digestion and your body will digest food better that way. But if you can't do that, I get it. Like on the weekend, uh, here's a structure I used to use. So I used to use that same formula day structure every Monday through Friday. 
And then on Saturday, Sunday, I would do two really, really big meals with like a one high protein snack. And that would get me to all of my targets just fine. So I kind of have an A day and a B day, but that looked the same every single week so that I wasn't just like constantly changing it up on my body. And that ended up getting my digestion in a much better place, my performance in a much better place, and just ultimately my life in a better place because I had routine, I had structure that I could count on. So even if I felt like shit out of luck in a certain situation, I was like, okay, it's Saturday, I haven't planned my dinner, but I know that I need like high protein, I need to get some veggies and I need to get high carbs. So now I at least know what I need to get for dinner. All right, so after structure, number 10, Number 10 is suck it up. Tracking isn't forever. You have to be a beginner. And actually, I'm reading a book right now called Range. Uh, the subtitle is Why Generalists Triumph in a Specialized World. And part of the learning curve in it is that you actually learn better and you, you retain information better when you, when you just do it at the beginning, even if you don't have all the answers. And I, I this is something I'm totally guilty of is like, trying to have all the answers before taking action. And at the end of the day, the action not only cures anxiety, but it's also gonna help with learning. And it sucks because you're like, I have to be wrong. I have to be you know, like behind or do this the wrong way. And it's not that you have to do it the wrong way, but you just have to act first and learn as you go. You're not gonna be perfect ever when it comes to tracking macros but you especially wanna focus on just getting consistency and doing it, flexing the muscles. So number 10 is suck it up. Tracking isn't forever. Even if you like it like me, I still take uh, time away, which is technically number 11 or a bonus. It do take time off. Like I don't, I don't track on every vacation and uh, I certainly didn't track on any of the vacations that I took in the past, let's see, like two years at all. A couple of trips, and my National Guard drills, I will track all the way through. But make sure you're taking time off, all right? I, the way I say this is just like any relationship. Separation makes the heart grow fonder. And when you take time away from it, you can step back to it with a clearer mindset or maybe a different goal or you know, just more perspective. So with that, we have exactly how you're gonna set up your macros and then 10 tips plus a bonus on exactly how to hit them. Guys, this is exactly what you need to do to take your nutrition to the next level so you can continue smashing goals in the gym and also seeing that body composition that you wanna show up to at the barbecue with, to the beach with, or just to the gym with. Either way, this is what is going to make the difference. If you have questions, find me on Instagram, at Joe Mike Paul. Okay, I'm always open to taking your questions, your individual questions, and making sure you walk away with the answers.